Chapter Fifteen of the Gloved Hand by Burton E. Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Fifteen, The Chain Titans. An instant silence followed Sylvester's words, and then a little murmur of interest and excitement as the reporters bent closer above their work. I heard a quick, deep intaking of the breath from the man who sat beside me, and then I was on my feet. "'Your Honor,' I said to Goldberger, "'it seems that an effort is to be made to incriminate Mr. Swain in this affair, and he should therefore be represented by counsel. I myself intend to represent him, and I ask for an hour's adjournment in order to consult with my client.' Goldberger glanced at his watch. "'I intended to adjourn for lunch,' he said as soon as i had finished with mr sylvester we will adjourn now if you wish until one-thirty he added the battery of cameras was clicking at swain and two or three artists were making sketches of his head there was a great bustle as the reporters gathered up their papers and hurried to their cars to search for the nearest telephone the jury walked heavily away in charge of an officer to get their lunch at some nearby roadhouse sylvester was gathering up his prints and photographs and putting them carefully in his pocket simmons was replacing the blood-stained clothing in the suitcase to be held as evidence for the trial but swain sat there with arms folded staring straight before him apparently unconscious of all this goldberger looked at him closely as he came down to speak to me but swain did not glance up i can parole him in your custody i suppose mr lester the coroner asked yes certainly i assented sylvester's evidence makes it look bad for him will you introduce me to sylvester i should like to go over the prints with him certainly and a moment later with the prints spread out before us sylvester was showing me their points of similarity godfrey came forward while he was talking and stood looking over his shoulder i had heard of fingerprint identification of course many times but had made no study of the subject and i confess the blurred photographs which sylvester offered for my inspection seemed to me mighty poor evidence upon which to accuse a man of murder the photograph showed the prints considerably larger than life-size but this enlargement had so exaggerated the threads of the cloth so that the prints seemed half concealed by a heavy mesh to the naked eye the lines were almost indistinguishable but under sylvester's powerful glass they came out more clearly my thumb said sylvester following the lines first to the right and then to the left with the point of a pencil is what we call a double whirl it consists of fourteen lines or ridges with the micrometer and he raised the lid of a little leather box which stood on the table took out an instrument of polished steel and applied it to one of the photographs we get the angle of these ridges see how i adjust it and i watched him as with a delicate thumbscrew he made the needle-like points of the finder coincide with the outside lines of the whirl now here is a photograph from the other robe also showing the thumb and he applied the machine carefully to it it also is a double whirl of fourteen lines and you see the angles are the same and here is the print of the right thumb which our client made for me he applied the micrometer and drew back that i might see for myself but these photographs are enlarged i objected that makes no difference enlargement does not alter the angles here are the other prints he compared them one by one in the same manner 
when he had finished there was no escaping the conviction that they had been made by the same hand that is unless one denied the theory of fingerprint identification altogether and that i knew would be absurd as he finished his demonstration sylvester glanced over my shoulder with a little deprecating smile as of a man apologizing for doing an unpleasant duty and i turned to find swain standing there his face lined with perplexity you heard i asked yes and i believe mr sylvester is right i can't understand it well i said suppose we go and have some lunch and then we can talk it over and thanking sylvester for his courtesy i led swain away godfrey fell into step beside us and for some moments we walked on in silence there is only one explanation that i can see said godfrey at last swain you remember got to the library about a minute ahead of us and when we reached the door he was lifting miss vaughan to the couch in that minute he must have touched the dead man swain shook his head doubtfully i don't see why i should have done that he said it isn't a question of why you did it godfrey pointed out it's a question of whether you did it go over the scene in your mind recalling as many details as you can and then we'll go over it together step by step after lunch it was a silent meal and when it was over godfrey led the way into his study now he began and we were seated where was miss vaughan at the moment you sprang through the door she was lying on the floor by the table in front of her father's chair swain replied you are sure of that yes i didn't see her until i ran around the table i was hoping said godfrey that she had fainted with her arms clasped about her father's neck and that in freeing them you made those marks on his robe but swain shook his head no he said i'm positive i didn't touch him then how did the marks get there i don't know said swain helplessly now see here swain said godfrey a little sternly there is only one way in which those fingerprints could have got on that garment and that is from your fingers if you didn't put them there consciously you must have done so unconsciously if they aren't explained in some way the jury will very probably hold you responsible for the crime i understand that swain answered thickly but how can they be explained i don't see why i should put my hands on mr vaughan's throat even unconsciously and then there's the fact that at no time during the evening was i really unconscious i was only confused and dazed goldberger's theory is plain enough said godfrey turning to me and i must say that it's a good one he realizes that there wasn't provocation enough to cause a man like swain to commit murder with all his senses about him but his presumption is that the crime was committed while swain was in a dazed condition and not wholly self-controlled such a thing is possible no it isn't cried swain his face livid it isn't possible i'm not a murderer i remember everything else do you think i wouldn't remember a thing like that i don't know what to think godfrey admitted a straight line between his brows besides there's the handkerchief i don't see any mystery about that said swain there's only one way that could have come there it dropped from my wrist when i stooped over miss vaughan godfrey looked at me and i nodded swain might as well know the worst that would be an explanation sure enough said godfrey slowly but for one fact you didn't have any bandage on your wrist when you came back over the wall both lester and i saw your wrist and the cut on it distinctly therefore if you dropped the handkerchief there it must have been before that the blood had run from swain's cheeks as though drained by an open artery and for a moment he sat silent staring at the speaker 
then he raised his trembling right hand and looked at it as though it might bear some mark to tell him whether it were indeed guilty but i don't understand he cried thickly you you don't mean to intimate you don't believe but i wasn't unconscious i tell you i wasn't near the house until after we heard the screams i'm sure of it i'd stake my soul on it get a grip on yourself swain said godfrey soothingly don't let yourself go like that no i don't believe you killed worthington vaughan consciously or unconsciously i said goldberger's theory was a good one and it is but i don't believe it my belief is that the murder was done by the thug but there's nothing to support it except the fact that he was on the ground and that a noose was used there's not a bit of direct evidence to connect him with the crime and there's a lot of direct evidence to connect you with it it's up to us to explain it away now think carefully before you answer my questions have you any recollection however faint of having seen mahbub before this morning swain sat for quite a minute searching his consciousness then to my great disappointment he shook his head no he said i am sure i never saw him before nor silva no nor silva except of course the time three or four months ago when he gave me mr vaughan's message have you a distinct recollection that the library was empty when you sprang into it yes very distinct i remember looking about it and then running past the table and discovering miss vaughan you saw her father also yes but i merely glanced at him i realized that he was dead and you also have a distinct recollection that you did not approach him or touch him i am quite certain of that answered swain positively then i give it up said godfrey and lay back in his chair there was a queer boiling of ideas in my mind ideas difficult to clothe with words and composed of i know not what farrago of occultism mysticism and oriental magic but at last i managed to simmer them down to a timid question i know it sounds foolish but wouldn't it be possible godfrey to explain all this by hypnosis or occult influence or something of that sort godfrey turned and looked at me silva seems to have impressed you he said he has but isn't such an explanation possible i don't think so i don't deny that the orientals have gone farther along certain paths of psychology than we have but as to their possessing any occult power it is my opinion all bosh as for hypnosis the best authorities agree that no man can be hypnotized to do a thing which in his normal condition would be profoundly repugnant to him indeed few men can be hypnotized against their will to be hypnotized you have to yield yourself of course the more you yield yourself the weaker you grow but that doesn't apply to swain i shouldn't advise you to use that line of argument to a jury he added with a smile you'd better just leave the whole thing up in the air well i said i'll make the best fight i can i was hoping swain could help me since he can't we'll have to trust to luck godfrey left us to get his story of the morning hearing into shape and i fell into a gloomy reverie i could see no way out of the maze either swain had touched vaughan's body or it had been touched by another man with the same finger markings i sat suddenly upright for if there was such a man he must be one of two what is it swain asked looking at me a long shot i said an exceedingly long shot a three hundred million to one shot how many people are there in the world swain i'm sure i don't know and he stared at me in bewilderment i think it's something like a billion and a half if that is true then it's possible that there are four people in the world beside yourself with the thumb and two fingers of the right hand marked exactly as yours are 
we must have a reunion some day swain remarked with irony but i refused to be diverted allowing for imperceptible differences i went on i think it is safe to assume that there are ten such people well said swain bitterly i know one thing that it isn't safe to assume and that is that either of those hindus is one of those ten i suppose that is the assumption you will make next it is an assumption i intend to put to the proof anyway i answered somewhat testily and if it fails i'm afraid you'll have to go to jail till i can dig up some more evidence he turned toward me quickly his face working see here mr lester he said don't misunderstand me i'm awfully grateful for all you're doing for me but i don't mind going to jail not on my own account i'm innocent and i'll be able to prove it in time but marjorie mustn't be left alone i'd be ready to face anything if i knew that she was safe she mustn't be left in that house not a single night promise me that you'll take her with you as soon as the inquest's over i'll promise that swain gladly i said provided of course the doctor consents we must get him and swain sprang to his feet we must explain to him how important it is perhaps i can get him on the phone i said but the person who answered told me that he had already started for the inquest and a moment later mrs hargis tapped at the door of the study and said that the doctor was outside i told her to show him in at once the truth is said hinman shaking hands with both of us i thought i'd drop in to find out if there was anything i could do no reasonable person he went on turning to swain believes you killed that defenceless old man but those fingerprints certainly do puzzle me they puzzle me too said swain but i'll prove my innocence though it will take time it looks to me said the doctor slowly that about the only way you can prove your innocence is to catch the real murderer that's exactly what we're going to try to do i assented and meanwhile mr swain will be in jail asked the doctor i'm afraid there's no help for it i admitted ruefully i was just telling mr lester that i didn't mind that said swain earnestly that i could stand anything if i was only sure that miss vaughan was safe she isn't safe in that house mr lester has arranged to place her with the family of his partner mr royce where she will be properly taken care of is there any reason why she can't be taken there to-day the doctor considered for a moment ordinarily he said at last i would advise that she be left where she is for a few days but under the circumstances perhaps she would better be moved you can get an easy riding carriage or a car will do if you drive carefully the nurses will of course go along the only thing is she will probably wish to attend her father's funeral which takes place to-morrow swain bit his lips nervously i have a horror of her staying in that house another night he said but i hadn't thought of the funeral there is one nurse on duty all the time isn't there doctor yes all right then we'll risk one more night but you promise me that she will be taken away immediately after the funeral yes i said i promise and i said the doctor then he looked at his watch it is time we're getting back he added he took us over in his car and we found the jury under the guidance of simmons just coming out of the house each member smoking a fat black cigar at the expense of the state they had been viewing the body and the scene of the crime but as they filed back into their seats i noted that they seemed anything but depressed the lunch had evidently been a good one sylvester was recalled to finish his testimony he explained the system of curves and angles by which fingerprints are grouped and classified and the various points of resemblance by which two prints could be proved to have been made by the same finger 
there was first of all the general convolution whether a flexure a stria a sinus a spiral a circle or a whirl there was secondly the number of ridges in the convolution and there was thirdly the angles which these ridges made if two prints agreed in all these details their identity was certain he then proceeded to show that the prints made that morning by swain did so agree with the photographs of prints on the garments finally the witness was turned over to me for cross-examination mr sylvester i began are you willing to assert that those fingerprints could have been made by no man in the world except mr swain sylvester hesitated just as i hoped he would do now he answered at last i can't assert that mr lester there may be three or four other men in the world with fingerprints like these but the probabilities against any of these men having made these prints are very great besides it is a thing easily proved the number of persons who might have committed the crime is limited and it is an easy thing to secure prints of their fingers that is what i was about to propose i agreed i should like the fingerprints taken of every one who was in the house thursday night do i understand that your case stands or falls upon this point asked the coroner your honour i answered my client cannot explain how the prints of his fingers if they are his came to be upon the robe the one thing he is certain of is that they were not placed there by him not once during the entire evening was my client near enough to mr vaughan to touch him not once did he so far lose consciousness as to be unable to remember what occurred we have racked our brains for an explanation and the only possible one seems to be that the prints of the real murderer resemble those of my client and when i say the real murderer i added i do not necessarily mean one of the persons whom we know to have been in the house outside of these fingerprints there has been absolutely no evidence introduced here to prove that the crime might not have been committed by some person unknown to us you can scarcely expect the jury to believe however goldberger pointed out that this supposititious person had fingertips like your clients no i agreed i make no such assertion my hope is that we shall soon have the prints of the real murderer and when i say the real murderer i added looking at the jury i believe every one present understands who i mean the coroner rapped sharply but i had said what i wished to say and sat down the witnesses of the morning were ordered to be brought out sylvester arranged his ink-pad and sheets of paper it seems to me remarked the coroner with a smile that you and mr godfrey would better register too you were within striking distance that is right i agreed and was the first to register but sylvester after a glance at my prints shook his head your left thumb is a sinus he said you're cleared mr lester godfrey came forward and registered too and after him the three servants in each case a shake of sylvester's head told the result then simmons came from the house with silva and mahbub after him and the coroner explained to silva what was wanted i fancied that the yogi's brow contracted a little the registration of the fingers he said of the foot or of the palm is with us a religious ceremony not to be lightly performed by some it is also held that the touch of ink unless compounded by a priest of the temple according to a certain formula is defiling and above all it is impossible for a believer to permit such relics of himself to remain in the hands of an infidel the relics as you call them goldberger explained won't need to remain in our hands my expert here can tell in a minute whether your prints resemble those of his photographs if they do not they will be returned to you 
and if they do goldberger laughed well you can have them back anyway in that case i guess we can persuade you later on to make another set the yogi flushed angrily but controlled himself i rely upon your promise sir he said and laid his fingers first upon the pad and then upon the paper he stood with closed eyes and moving lips his inked fingers held carefully away from him during the breathless moment that sylvester bent above the prince then the expert looked up and shook his head no resemblance at all he said and held out the sheet of paper on which the prints were silva accepted it silently and rolled it into a ball in the palm of his hand now for the other fellow said goldberger silva glanced at his follower doubtfully i am not sure that i can make him understand he said and for some moments talked energetically to mahbub in a language which i suppose was hindu mahbub listened scowling fiercely speaking a brief sentence now and then he would know silva asked at last turning to the coroner whether blood is a constituent of that ink it is a purely chemical compound sylvester explained there is no blood in it nor any other animal matter this was repeated to mahbub and after some further hesitation he advanced to the table a moment later sylvester was bending above the prince then he looked up his face red with astonishment and motioned me to approach look at that he said and laid the prince before me my heart was leaping with hope that the incredible had happened that here lay the clue to the mystery but the first glance told me that such was not the case the prince resembled swains not at all and then when i looked at them again i perceived that they resembled no other prince which i had ever seen for the prints of all ten fingers were exactly alike and consisted not of whirls and spirals but of straight lines running right across the finger sylvester was staring at them in bewilderment these he said when he could find his voice are the most remarkable prints i ever saw do they resemble those on the robe asked the coroner not in the least and that settles that point said goldberger with what seemed to me a sigh of relief there is one thing though said sylvester eyeing mahbub curiously i wish i knew the secret of these extraordinary prints i can tell it to you said silva with a little smile it is not at all extraordinary the system of fingerprint identification has been in use among the hindus for many centuries and was adopted by the english courts in india nearly a hundred years ago after every other method had failed the caste of thuggee which was at war with all other castes and especially at war with the english evaded it by stimulating on the fingers of their male children the formation of these artificial ridges it became a sacred rite performed by the priests and has been maintained by the more devout members of the caste although the need for it has ceased sylvester looked at the prince again i should like to keep these he said they would be a great addition to my collection silva bowed mahbub will have no objection he said to him they are of no importance since there are many hundreds of men in the world with finger-tips identical with his that is all goldberger nodded and the two strange figures walked slowly away toward the house end of chapter fifteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com